This is Jimmy Bullard, a.k.a. The Bulldog, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. I am J-Mac, your host. Automatic promotion, you're having a laugh. All far and no poo once again from Fulham with chances not taken, outpaced, outclassed, outcoached. Reality has hit harder than a stupid elbow to Ben White's face. With me are Matt Dom and a new signing, Mr. Alan Druitt. Let's get this over with. Fulham. Right, lads. I'm going to be speedy. Very, very speedy with this so we can all live our lives afterwards. First of all, Alan, mate, welcome. How are you feeling after that? What do you think of that dismal display? Frustrating, to put it politely. We could have been a man down after a few minutes with Mitrovic's reckless 10 seconds, if you like. A difficult result to take, especially after the first half. I thought we played quite well. Created the better chances and put leads on the back foot. But if you don't score goals, you're not going to get any points from games. So many, so many flipping chances this game and just none converted. Some from so far out. Dom, you bastard. How are you? It's good to see you, mate. How, what are your thoughts on this opening game? <laughs> yeah, good to see you, but that's a, that's about all that's good today. Um, yeah. I, I, I regret agreeing to do this, but, you know, here we are. <laughs> and that's, that's about my feelings on it. Just, in a way, it sort of put us out of our misery a bit because even, mm. even though it was unlikely that we were ever going to get the top two after, especially after last week, there was still that kind of lingering bit of hope. Oh, if we, if we beat Leeds, you know, we've, we'll drag him back down. We've got a chance. We go back above Brentford and all that, but that's over now, isn't it? So there, there, there's, yeah. there's a little bit of relief in with the just sheer frustration of that afternoon. Let's start from the beginning, a very terrible place to start. Stats-wise, you've got 57.5% possession to their 42.5. You've got 12 total shots to their 10. You've got five on target, and they have five on target. Six off target and four off target for them. So, stats-wise, it didn't seem too bad. But let's go to the lineup. What were your thoughts on this? It was a 4-2-3-1. Matty Arta comes in with Reed to maybe create a double pivot. Arta's last chance, perhaps, there. And we had Bobby on the left wing. Would you say this looked like a good lineup to you, Mr. Allen? Yes, I, I liked the fact that Reed had someone playing alongside him. I probably would have preferred Stefan Johansson there or perhaps Kevin McDonald, but Arta was given the chance. It sort of allowed Kearney that chance to get a bit forward and make things happen further up the pitch because against Brentford, he was quite isolated being so deep. Couldn't really impact the game. But I quite liked the lineup from the start. I thought Reed again was outstanding. He's going to be so important if we're going to do anything in these last seven games. And if we manage to make the playoffs, he's going to be a huge player for us. Just hope we can keep him next yeah. season, no matter what the outcome is. He was all over the place once again, wasn't he? And his first touch was absolutely sublime in some moments of this game. Mr. Dunn, what were your thoughts in this lineup? It seems that someone's been listening to us with Bobby finally playing on the left wing. Anything that stood out to you from the lineup? Anytime I see Arthur's name in the lineup, I just think. Bollocks. I don't know. I just think, I just, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any confidence in his in his ability. I, I know he's been a good player in this league for Bournemouth in the past. I don't know. I don't see what he offers. I really don't. I agree with Alan that it was good to have a, a player alongside 
Harrison, but he was the wrong one. And he just sort of, he go he plays where he wants. He's got no positional discipline. He's slow in the tackle. He always gets, lets his man get goal side of him when he's defending. And, and going forward, he just seems to <laughs> be taking up space. I, I don't like him at all as a player. Um, and I think that was my kind of my reaction from to the lineup was that I don't think art is going to improve us. And, you know, it turns out he didn't. Well, I just don't think anyone improved at this game. I mean, by the time of the triple substitution at the end, you sort of realise the people coming off and you feel like, yeah, your shit, your shit, your shit, get off, get off. Like, you know, it was just, <laughs> just like absolute scattergun. As I said, even with two extra substitutes, you know, it's still not enough, is it, to replace the absolute <laughs> crap that was on the pitch? But it's, it's uh, funny because we, we're saying that, but we were, it was an even game. But I think the difference was their chances were much better than ours were and they took them. Let's just start really from the first opening two minutes. Mitrovic avoided a red card from an elbow on Ben White. It seems that they actually have a bit of rivalry in the past. They seem to always be grabbing each other by the throat in the last few games they've played together. I mean, is that a scary free match ban coming, do you think, Mr. Allen? Oh, without a doubt. I think you take away Mitrovic from our start on 11 and you don't see where the goals are coming from, especially with Kamara not near the, near the squad at the minute. And he's certainly going to take a few games to get back into the swing of things. Then you rely on Bobby Decadova Reed to, to sort of score the goals and that thought worries no, me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, unless you give Jay Stansfield a chance, I think, you know, why not? You've got seven games, he's he's doing it at the lower level. He's made a, a few appearances this season, so why not give him a chance? Yeah, what do you think of Mitrovic's attitude at the beginning of this game, Matt Dom? I mean, it was quite funny hearing Steve McLaren's attitude from Mitrovic on the commentary afterwards. I mean, he literally just, I think at one point he even said, take that, Mitrovic, under his breath with such bitterness, you know, when he got when he got clubbered by someone. But your thoughts, Matt Dom? Yeah, I mean, he's not allowed to elbow people, but if he gets elbowed, it's fair game, right? I think I think McLaren was is making the same mistake that, fans of other clubs make about Mitro that he's a dirty player and that he's always getting sent off I like his kind of his aggression for the game but it's but when he turns it into scoring goals rather than when he turns turns his elbow onto the defenders there's no need for it it was pointless uh, and if we'd have got a result and it mattered then it would be you know it would look really stupid in the next three games when he's out but um, yeah, daft. He should have been sent off, and he's going to get he's going to get a ban now, isn't he? And it seemed like he actually wanted to sort of get the first psychological edge on Ben White, who actually turned out to get a man of the match performance. Quite a, you know ironic. But from then on, Leeds' high pressure and attitude working from the start start on us, we actually couldn't deal with their high press, and which led to a nine minute goal from Patrick Bamford of all people. We seem to start well this game. Knockout just missed a chance from Mitro, and Mitro actually, I think, should have passed to Brian on the left, but never mind. But Leeds came at us immediately after that chance from the other side. Arta loses his man, and lo and behold, it's a goal for Patrick Bamford. It's the third time, well, the second time it's happened within two games. We we miss a, a good chance, and then within a minute, we find ourselves getting a ball out of our own net. I do feel, though, that I don't know who it was in front of Rodak, I do think he was obstructing his view a little bit. In the Premier League, I don't know. The offside rule seems to change from season to season, but not so long ago, if there's a player impacting the vision of the goalkeeper, it's given offside. And he was standing in an offside position. Perhaps I'm being a bit picky because it was against us and not for us. But, you know, I think it's a shout there that he could have been given offside. I kind of think, in a way, that's 
sort of looking for excuses really looking at it back the players sort of jumps away from Rodak really uh, I don't think he was ever in his way and I would actually question whether Rodak could have done better I know Rodak mm. is Betnelli was getting a lot of stick and Rodak rightly came back into the team and he played well and he's made some good saves but I think he's in as poor form as anyone at the moment really his, his passing isn't the same uh, he looks nervous when he's got the ball and I think before lockdown he would have probably saved that I don't know I, I need to see it again but it was sort of it wasn't right in the corner of the goal it was quite low yeah. and it wasn't particularly powerful and I wonder if he might have he might be a bit annoyed with himself but yeah as, as for the build-up Arta gives the ball away then gets you know, this is what I was saying he lets he lets the player get goal yeah. side of him and then all, what you need to do in that situation is, is take the yellow card and bring him down we can't even do that Later on in the game, he tried twice to foul a player and ended up on his own ass. And it's just, it was poor all around, selfish from knockout. And then, you know, as we say, we're, we're picking the ball out of our own net and it's just not good enough. And against Leeds away, the top of the league, you can't give him a head start like that. No. And it's interesting you mentioned the point about Rodak. That's five goals now in two games and he hasn't started well at all. That's quite worrying, quite worrying form from him. Well, let's talk about some of the chances. For instance, in the 18th minute, you had Brian give an awful cross too early and went to absolutely nobody. Then you had knockout with a sort of decent strike in the 24th minute. And the 25th minute, Mitro gave a nice little assist to Arta and then passed it to Bobby. But Bobby, Bobby Reed is just so fucking shit finishing. It's just poor footing. He tries to make the turn and he just couldn't do it. Maybe actually Arta should have taken the shot there, but it was just, you know, classic. So you could feel us starting to creep up into this game. We were starting to match Leeds' intensity in this game. And in the 32nd minute, there was a handball. Also, Mitro was potentially manhandled in the box a bit. Yeah, that's when the um, the ball bounced up and hit the, the player on the hand. And again, in the Premier League mm. season, VAR would have given that. I think I've seen a lot of decisions given in the Premier League for a lot less. So we yes. can count ourselves unlucky. And Mitrovic was definitely being manhandled on more than one occasion in that first half by Cooper. Yes, people tug each other's shirts, but I think the refs have got to make a decision across all four leagues, well, across every league, to be fair. And if there's any sort of shirt pulling, they either have to stop it or they need to have some leniency. But I think that was taken a bit too far with the shirt pulling and the grappling. And I think we should have got at least one penalty in that first half. I think the handball, yeah, you've got to give that. Because he sort of gained control of the ball by using his hand. I think that's that's what it wasn't just it hit him and carried on the same way it was going, you know. It it helped him out of that situation, I think. Like Alan said, VAR gives that, I think. Uh the Mitro one probably would have been generous, see them given, but you'd see a lot of penalties, I think, if you get get penalties for a, a bit of shirt pulling because it happens all the time. I would wish we had one. Probably would have <laughs> missed it, but you know <laughs> I, wish, I wish we had one anyway. I think you're right. We were growing into it a lot more. Then the 35th minute, a knockout with another strike from the right. Too far, too wide. You know, it was a classic knockout shot. Then the 39th minute, you have Mitro of a header wide from a corner. So many missed shots from far out. Then it's half time. Is there psychologically something that Parker, do you think, is saying to these players just to be more cautious and not... It just feels like we're constantly doing the same thing. I totally agree. I think if you keep repeating something that doesn't work, you're going to get the same result. You have to change something, and it is a mentality issue, but that does sort of steam down from Parker. Just going back to Knockart and his reckless shooting on a number of occasions, the way he strikes a ball, when if you see him at Brighton and Leicester, his, his goals were with the inside of his foot. 
I think he's striking through the ball a lot more. Um, and I think that's what's losing his direction. I think he needs to go back on the training field and learn how to, to curl a ball instead of striking it with power. They're on a leash in, in some way. I can't quite put my finger on it, but they're not free-flowing and they're reluctant to, to get into the box, I think. You compare it with, with Lee's chances and all of their goals, really, or certainly their second two came from balls down the flank, getting inside the defender and hitting the line, pulling it back to, you know, and then, then they finish it off. It's kind of, we don't create that kind of chance. I'm all for long shots and taking a chance and, you know, you know it might go in. But you have to combine that with actual creating good opportunities as well, because they're the ones that are more likely to score from. Well, nonetheless, it was declared by the commentary and, and a lot of ourselves that we were actually the better team this half, even though we were losing. We seem to be on top of them. Then the second half occurs and they are absolutely pumping again. They're coming at us from all angles. Harrison Reed makes a huge block in the 50th odd minute. In the 56th minute, we then could see 2-0 from a missed chance again. In the 55th minute, Bobby Reed misses and it led to a break. Can you please talk to me about this goal that they scored? Again, it was a corner from Joe Bryan. And that's nothing. I don't know why he's taking our corners. Bobby Reed is <laughs> a good chance. The goalie saves it. And looking at it again, instead of tracking the runner, Bobby Reed has tried to jump up and, and win the ball from the goalkeeper's hands before the throw's been, been taken. I think if he follows his man, there's a good chance that second goal doesn't come about. But Again, because our left-back is taking our corners on the right side, we're a man short. And just like Brentford's second goal last weekend, the same result happens. The goals come down our left side. 2-0 and it's, it's game over. We don't recover from positions like that this season. Just what is that? What is that all about? I mean, it was a poor low cross which brought down three, three defenders. I mean, it's just a real mental weakness there. I mean, do you blame Bobby for this goal from the beginning, Mr. Dom? You could say he's got a shot on target, but he hasn't worked the keeper. Put he's just shot it into the ground and it's bounced up and easy for the keeper. Yeah, he should be getting back quicker as well. I just find it weird for a team that, as we've discussed just now, that they're, they're sort of shackled and reluctant to attack. How is it we end up so many times? Certainly since we've come back, how how is it we've ended up with conceding so many goals in the break with four and three attacks against us? Where where are the players if they're not in the box? We've we've already established that they're not they're not going all guns to score goals. So why are they not then able to? Why are they leaving so much space at the back? What's mm. Parker said to them at half time that we've come out from we might get something out of this and we really need to get something out of this. We need to win this really to just sitting back again and letting them completely dominate the second half because that was appalling in that second half. Really appalling. And I don't blame him for not making any subs at the start, but but he does make a change. He brings on Cabano, a left winger. My point here being, did am I going completely mad here or did we play without a left winger a lot of the time this game? I felt that Bobby Reed and Knockart were actually on the same side a lot of the time and Joe Bryan was just on his own. Do you think that's... Ta- I mean... It must be tactical, but just did, am I alone in thinking that? No, I think you're right. I, I saw the same thing. And there's many occasions where their right back or left back had the ball and within a second, it was Brian or it was Adoy closing them down. So they have no cover mm. in front of them. So yes, I'm not a massive fan of Brian, but there are the odd occasion where he he has no cover in front of him. And I think that's the same for Odoi. And if we don't defend... If the way we defend, we're always going to be liable for two-on-one situations with our wingbacks. 
they're all over us now after this substitution. And in the 69th minute, Scott Parker opts to bring on Cavalera for knockout. Now, Cavalera coming on for knockout, Cavalera just isn't a player you bring on as a substitution in my eye. And I just feel like without AK-47 at the moment, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know if he's ill, if he's actually got COVID-19 or if he's just injured. But I mean, we our options from the bench aren't exactly game changers at all. And in the 70th minute, ugh, Harrison makes this amazing pass, annoyingly amazing pass, but it looks too easy. Talk to me about this goal, Matt Dom, too. It just goes over Joe Bryan. It's just disgusting. I hate it. Hey, every like, game after game after game, he's caught inside. Same position. Same position. Then a defender in behind him, and then they can get through that gap between left centre-back and left-back, can't they? It's just every oh. time. He'll, he'll never learn. He's decent... <laughs> <laughs> decent winger uh, wing back i suppose you could say attacking wise but wing back as I, I think i said this in the group in our group chat in the week mm. calling him a wing back is just a euphemism for saying he's a shit defender because he can't defend <laughs> and, and and not good enough going I, forward i can't defend him <laughs> any longer because and he can defend himself I could I could understand if he was a creative force going forward and setting up all of our goals he set up a few of our goals but I could understand that he's got a place in the team based on that. But no, sorry, it's no good. It's useless. He, he's just got to be dropped. So the 74th minute, it's now 3-0. And we have a triple substitution. You've got Josh Onema, uh, Stephanie Johansson, Maxime Lamarchon <laughs> coming on. And I, you know, this is coming on for Kearney, Bobby Reed, and Brian. Now, I don't know what... I. This substitution here, do you think this is damage limitation from Scott Park or do you think he thinks this is actually a really cunning plan to score through your thoughts there, Alan? Um, I, I, I don't have an answer for that. I think yeah. <laughs> why, why he left Harrison Reed on the pitch when the game's done. The game's done. Protect him. He went off last week with a knock. He's by far our most important player at the minute. Take him off. He doesn't need to be on the pitch. Leave, leave anyone else on. Just take Reed off. Protect him for, for Tuesday. I I I don't have an answer. That's that, that's it. I think, yeah, Parker's genius subs and tactics. <laughs> what what were your what were your thoughts on it, Dom? And just, was Kearney a bit of a passenger once again for you today? Yeah, I've almost had enough of Kearney as well. I get that he needs to be playing further forward, and that's his best position. But doesn't do it though. <laughs> he doesn't do it, <laughs> and he still needs to, he still needs to do a job wherever he's played, and. It's a diff- against Brentford, he was slowing it down too much. And today, I I don't remember seeing him on the ball at all, really, apart from there was a slim chance for, to shoot from 30 or 35 yards, I think, in the second half or the first half. It got blocked. He got closed down too easily. He was really slow. He just goes missing, and he's done it too much this season after a good start. I would drop him personally, but then you can't drop them all. You'll end up having eight players starting and... You know they all deserve to be dropped, really. So it's hard. You've got you've got to pick. You've got to pick some of them. Uh, but I would give him a rest. We sometimes miss him out in the sense that I don't think we utilize his strengths enough. I think he, on his day he's our most creative player in the squad. He's fantastic with the ball at his feet. His assist against Millwall at the beginning of the season sticks in my mind for Cavaliero. He's phenomenal when he's on form. But I do think that when we do have the ball, if it's goes across the back four or ten times, then goes to Harrison Reed. It then finds its way out on the wing. 
sometimes we totally miss Kenny completely out of the game. And he does find it hard to get his way to sort of get back into the into the game. It's just not the same Tom Kearney as before, who used to literally be the conductor of this lovely orchestra of attacking football. He now just seems like someone who just can't find the right person, looks a bit shy, looks like he just fancies just sticking deep, almost looks like he feels too awkward to go further into the box. It's very strange. Very strange. Look, from then on, high-speed cruise control for Leeds. They were an automatic pilot, but just so fast and it was disturbing. Even their manager, Bielsa, looked like he was pacing up and down the sidelines. Like, you know, it's, it's absolute men versus boys in some regard. And then in the 90th minute, Cabano, uh, I mean, they all falls apart now. Cabano gets a red card. Alan, did you even realise he had a yellow? Because I, I sure didn't. No. What was his first yellow <laughs> for? I think we all stopped watching, let's be honest. We didn't really give give. Yeah, two, no one really cared after that, did they? <laughs> no, no. So, I mean, you know, game over. What, what does this mean to you, Dom? The automatics, in my opinion, are very much over. Should we be worried about anything worse? I think so, yeah. Because the teams who are chasing us now, a lot of them are winning games and playing well. Cardiff got up into sick today. Yeah, we've got to play them. That's not going to be easy. We don't have any easy games. We've still got West Brom. We've lost to Leeds and we've lost to Brentford. We're, We're bang out of form. And what's the gap now? Seven points? We could find ourselves coming seventh. I don't think we will. Well, we probably only need a couple of wins to do it. We need a couple of wins. <laughs> it's gone from, you know, just before the Brentford game, it was, oh, if, if we if we win every game, as if that was ever going to happen, if we win every game, we can we will go up first or second yeah. to, shit, we need to win a couple of games, otherwise we're going to end up out of the playoffs altogether. We need to really pick it up and quickly. I think Brentford are going to win every game. I've got a feeling Brentford are going to clinch automatics and West Brom are going to be involved in the playoffs. If we're there with them, I'm not sure. What are your thoughts, Alan? Where do you think? Do you think we are completely solidified into the top six now or we could easily fall out of it? We should make playoffs. Three out of our next four games, you've got QPR away, who we seem to have a good record against. Birmingham at home, which we should win. Then we've got Forest away and Cardiff at home. I think the next two home games... If we can get at least four points out of it, I think we're, we're almost cemented into top six. But the next game is important for me. I think it will be a test of character, especially against QPR, that they're on a really bad run of form like we are. But then again, mm. if you sort of look at it from a different aspect, Leeds and Brentford, they were two of the most informed teams in the league at the moment. Yes, we've lost. We conceded five goals and scored none. But... You know, I'd like to see a good response against QPR. Score a, score a couple of goals, but that could be without Mitrovic, and that's worrying. Let's get your Parker ratings really quickly. Dom, I'll go to you. It's hard. It's hard because it's a three 0 defeat it's that probably wasn't a three 0 defeat to give him a bit of credit. Um, right. But that's as far as much credit as I'm going to give him. So I have to give a two because it was the biggest game we've had all season. It was. We have to win. There's no other option. We have to win this. And let's not forget, the pressure was on them, not us. Because there was, I mean, there was a huge feeling before this. I mean, you know what I'm like before a game. I'm always nervous. But this felt like a final, this game. I felt like mm-hmm. this would finally, this would give us the final answer of whether we were pushing for promotion automatically or if we were going to be around the playoffs or even, you know, below that. And as you say, it just, 
he didn't we didn't match the occasion at all did we no no they they they, they didn't look up for it and i think players starting a game up for it and not conceding in the first 10 minutes is quite a lot down to the way the managers set them up and got them going and he didn't do that so it's, it's got to be a two i can't give him any more than that yeah i'd have to agree a two but i think his triple substitution may even bring that down to a one um and the fact he left <laughs> yeah. harrison harrison reed on yeah i'm going to give him a one and i think that's even being generous <laughs> be very no, like it's going to be very interesting what happens to scott parker after this if we don't get promoted i mean i don't know i mean he some people are even arguing on the WhatsApp group that maybe this could be a Darren Moore situation we get rid now, but I can't see the cards making a decision that rash. Can you? I don't think so. No. I no, I, right. I don't think they will. It's all right. What I mad. think is the, the rest of this season we we have to stick with him. But yeah, we need to make sure A we stop conceding stupid goals. B, we need to start scoring goals from players other than Mitro. And we need to make sure that we start playing well enough to become the form team towards the end of the season going into the playoffs because that's what is important now. Forget forget trying to chase the top two. Forget, you know, the wins are necessarily obviously important because we need a couple of them, but it's more about getting ourselves back into form now because we, we, we've, we've blown it for the top two. We look like the team that were playing before Michael Hector arrived this game, and it is very, very worrying at the moment. Very worrying indeed. But who knows? We'll talk about QPR and see if we can turn things around after this. Fulham. Yeah. All right, QPR on Tuesday. Let me tell you the record against QPR. We've won 17 games, we've drawn seven games, and we've lost 14 games to them. The last time we met each other was obviously on the 22nd of November 2019, and we won 2 one. So there you go. Now for this game, we might be without Mitrovic. Um, we'll certainly be without Cabano. What would you like to see other than, you know, a, a good performance? Is there anything you were you were sort of edging towards an idea of maybe getting Stansfield on and just changing things up and being a bit bold with this game, Alan? Is there anything you'd like to add to that, mate? Yeah, I'd like to see Brian out, Arta out, Dekodova Reed out. Um, I want to see quite a few changes, but I don't think it's going to happen. Kill them. Kill them all. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> Just kick them all out. Bring the under 23s in for a game. Why not? I don't think they could do much worse. But yeah, no, I don't want to see Brian in there. And I think considering he took him off, I have a feeling that he will play the Marshand there on Tuesday. Um, whether mm. he comes out and says Brian needs a rest. But I do, I do think Brian will, will be missing out. Dekodeva Reed will play, um, especially if Mitrovic is banned. But yeah, I'd like some update on Kamara. I think it's important for us to know what the situation is with him because he, he again, as well as Reed, could be key for us. I just don't want us to lose. <laughs> is that too much to ask? <laughs> yes. We've lost to Brentford a week ago. I don't want to lose to, to QPR again, like nine days later or yeah. whenever it is, 10 days later. It's just, it would be so depressing. It's like yeah. Alan was saying that the tweet, like Joe Bryan, I think it's time for him to sit out. But then, the replacement is, as you said, is Le Marchand, isn't it? It's Sophie's choice. You've got Brian who attacks so much that he kind of gets nosebleed when he gets back in trying to defend. And then you've got Le Marchand who, if he sees the halfway line, he also gets a nosebleed and it's the opposite. 
and we've got we have no threat down the left whatsoever. So, oh, I don't know. Can we? Is there any chance we can buy a better left back out of the out of the window somehow? I don't know. Yeah, put a doy there. Yeah, I mean, probably the, the the combination between the two isn't he a doy? Um, I I don't know. I just I just I just want us to score and us to not concede. That's all I'm asking. Can't be that much, can it? Right. Can't be that much. No. All right. Um, I think we'll call that the preview, lads. It's been it's been a long hard day. Uh, <laughs> let's have um, I don't know what's the point, but let's let's have your score predictions. Go on. Start with you, Alan. Nil nil. <laughs> no, no. That's actually, yeah. I'll say that. I don't know. You missed that is the one thing. You? What would you like? The one thing that we've been missing for a nearly a, what is it, nearly ten years or something like that is a nil nil. Uh... <laughs> oh, no, it's, oh, it's away though, isn't it? So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I think I think we'll win. <laughs> don't ask me why I think we'll win. Just just because <laughs> just because I want to see something else. I think we'll take it two one. Um, two one spirits right. lifted. Top two is back on. Uh, I've taken I've taken it too far now, haven't I? So um, yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll <laughs> scrape it because because we we are we're not playing very well, but they are crap. So let's let's trust our quality well, for once. All right, we'll, we'll call it a day there, lads. All right, thank you very much to my co-host for being here so quick after the game for our instant reaction. Thank you very much to Alan. Great to have you on the pod, mate. Lovely debut and lovely to see you always, Mr. Matt Dumb. Uh, we will be back. We'll be back with a reaction to QPR in some form, be it an article or a pod. In the meantime, if you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us. We are on Twitter. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We are on all the social media outlets. We are, have a website. We're full of interviews. So please be sure to check those out as well. See you next week and stay safe. Thank you. Fulham.